Right, boys, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Scratch Record Podcast here. Episode six. Fuck yeah, six. <laughs> Numbers are creeping up. Numbers are indeed creeping up. That's fucking wild, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone quick. It's gone it has. Quick. It has gone well quick this time round, isn't it? Yeah, we've uh, we've got a new little new little setup going, so we can see each other now, which is nice. Yeah, it's weird. It's the first one we're doing back back together. Fucking no less editing, which is yeah. Thank fuck just for calm. me. <laughs> so much calmer for me, for sure, for sure. But we've had some big news break this week in the indie world. We have. We've got an, we've got a very interesting topic to go with this week. Um, we were sort of waiting for something to happen, and then it. It did, so... <laughs> yeah, it did, sadly. Not, uh, not the type of topic that we wanted to have. No, happen, we weren't but... pleased. We weren't pleased. And it is this Kasabian news which has broken over the last week or so. It's basically that the lead singer Tom has parted ways mutually with the band. Um, on the 6th of July, they released a statement basically saying they've he's gone because of mutual consent. And then yeah. the next day, sadly, it all came out in the news that um, he'd pleaded guilty to assaulting his ex-girlfriend. Which is uh, the band? Shit. Yeah, the band followed up with a statement, essentially saying, "Look, regardless of what's gone on, that's it. We can't, we can't sort of have that in the band." And yeah, can't condone it, can you? No, as sad as that is, I suppose that is an understandable stance to take on the matter, and um, that was it. But yeah, we were blown away, really. Band for twenty three years. I mean, some absolutely massive hits, and I think they're from Leicester, which is not far from us. And I think even for us, maybe a bit more so there. They're a huge band of our generation, aren't they? Yeah, so. yeah, they are a massive band, and it's one of them ones where like we kind of missed out talking about them when we talk about this two thousand era of like Jamie T and people that are in that sort of realm of up and coming, up and coming like indie stuff that kind of made it big, kind of made it into the charts, and they were there, and we kind of missed them out. And then when this news broke, we were like, actually, shit, this is something that really we need to start talking about because yeah. actually these these were huge they were a massive band in our in our area especially but all over the country mm, they really were and when i you know it, it sort of triggered me to do a bit more research and that and i've always seen them as a big band but i don't think i quite to be honest understood myself how big they were no I me mean, neither you know i was saying i was looking they've got over double the the streams at the moment of like the libertines yeah which to me are like one of the biggest indie bands of all time yeah it's and huge funny enough i was reading that um despite people say they're obviously like an indie rock band and that, and that's what they were termed. Um, Serge has always said that he absolutely hates indie bands. Oh, classic. Will not of course. say that he's an indie band. So we have to be cautious about calling them an indie band in case Serge kicks off about this podcast. But for, <laughs> oh, yeah. for the purposes of the podcast... Big Serge, big Serge <laughs> from Leicester's going to come through slightly on uh, Instagram. We'll have a DM through now on the, the day after this goes out <laughs> saying we're not an indie band, thank you. But yeah, I mean, they are really indie rock band and... I quite liked them because I didn't realise they formed in 1997. Yeah, they were not, they're a long-standing band, really, aren't they? Which is they? massive. But Clubfoot, which was their biggest, their, their hit that took them, you know, from nothing to everything, didn't come out until 2004. Yeah. That's a good, that's seven years as that's a band. That's a lot of plugging, isn't it? Before you've even sort of started to get anywhere, really. Like, they released two singles before that, which sort of did nothing. Mm. And then Clubfoot comes out and it's like instant sort of fame and that, but... Seven years of sort of grafting as a band. I respected them even more for that because that's you got to really keep going through some graft to it's, get to that it's point. It's proper gar- graft, isn't it? Because it was always Tom and Serge, which like the main, the key components of that band, yeah. almost like the the actual like the stem and the back of it, really, weren't they? And yeah. they always switched in and out players. So it's quite a massive loss, obviously, for Serge as well. Because you you must it's weird seeing it must be weird seeing your mate 
in that scenario yeah. where it's not really something you anticipated him yeah. being like, I guess. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It must be. It must be really difficult. And then to to pick yourselves up from that, and you know what you do next, and and where you go from there, must be hard because it seems like it was a decision that was made, obviously quite quickly without you know it wasn't one of these things where the band was slowly breaking apart and oasis-esque you know it's been yeah. 10 years of arguing it's like you know the band's doing brilliant they'd booked in this year to do a gig in leicester which i think was going to be their biggest ever gig oh really which obviously got cancelled because of coronavirus but they were going to reschedule and now yeah. it's like you know they're in one of the best places we were saying the most recent album was so good. incredible that thinking out loud was absurd like i i so that was one of the ones that really i properly listened to of them like they, they've been in my playlists like clubfoot had been there and a few other bits and bobs a couple of their big tracks have been in playlists for me but that album for for me that i'm in love with a psycho mm. absolute killer tune yeah. like it is it is mega like yeah. that is one of the tracks that really for me kind of outlines the development and how i can i can really see that's where they wanted to go with it like yeah. i can really tell like that is like almost like the pinnacle of how they i guess imagined it to go yeah but it must be really shit because they're obviously we're on such a high and now it's all gone to fucking tits up really isn't it like that like snap of the fingers you go from a top top album a couple of years ago i imagine they're working on another one you know that yeah you would have thought so it's been three years or whatever so they've probably got something else coming and would have been off the back of one of their biggest gigs of all time and then it's like snap your fingers and i mean it goes fucking shit no more i mean it's it is sort of it's unseen really in the scene it's like it's it is a real big loss and massive massive loss because they they were playing some of the massive gigs because they did when Leicester won the league they did all of the champions run and they yeah. also played some huge gigs at the King Power Stadium when it was the King Power Stadium when it was when they were big when they released mm. that album in that thinking out loud album i just thought like the whole the whole way it has come across it kind of i guess the way the band's handled it's been really, really well. Mm. And I think, obviously, you can't condone that. You can't have mates that are doing that. You can't have people involved in your image that are doing that just because it's just fucking wrong. But at the same time, it's dampened their, I guess, their legacy to mm. some extent. Like, it's it kind of yeah. taken a toll on them. Yeah, and it will do. And I do think it's it's one of those things that, you know, people see, you know, the drink and drugs and the Pete Doherty lifestyle and the Liam Gallagher, and people do things wrong, but... This has become what it wasn't a sort of uh, something that you can get past. I mean, it yeah, was just, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that, it just is bang out of order. That's gone. It? So I think, yeah, to to have that just stripped away must be must be a real sort of surprise to them. Um, and as you say, I mean, they've won like best live acts. They've yeah, won yeah. best act of the year. I think it was like twenty fourteen. They got like best act of the year, like full stop. Oh shit! You know, they're like it's not sort. It's a huge band to just disappear off the face of the earth like that. And yeah, I am now more good. When I found out, I was gutted. And then the more I've sort of looked and sort of remembered really the... how good they were. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, all this morning I've had a best of Kasabian playlist on, and you're like, this Kasabian again. Yeah. This is theirs as well. And I'm on like what, the twelfth it... song, and I'm like. Mate, there oh is some God, fucking you know, bangers. Yeah. They have some incredible tunes. Oh, like LSF, On and Fire, and then songs like Sergi. And, um, there's lo- countless songs, and they just keep coming and keep coming. And Absolutely. Like... The track that I didn't realise was them was um, was Fire, I have to admit. Really? I, didn't, I, like, I don't know why I didn't realise it was them, mm. but like it just was one of them tracks that like... I when I thought Kasabian because I listened to that album so much the um like thinking out loud album, one, yeah. uh, for crying out loud sorry um I listened to that so much that everything that was played I thought of that album everything mm. whenever I took being a Kasabian I think of in love with a psycho or like Il Ray 
Whereas, like, realistically, Clubfoot was massive, LSF was massive, Fire was incredibly large. Mm. You oh. got Shoot the Runner. Shoot the oh, that's a great song. That happiness song, I love that happiness song. There was so much, there, there was so, so much many. about that band. It's like, but where do they go next? Yeah. Where do they go next? What's the, what's the plan for the band? Are they going to completely dis- disband and each go on their own thing? Because obviously, Serge is an incredibly talented yeah. producer, oh. musician, singer. Like, yeah. he could go off and do his own thing. He, has the talent and the, I guess now the experience to mm. be able to almost create a new band. But yeah. will he want to do that? Well, um, we have a bit of a scoop of what could be happening next. <laughs> which, well, uh, rumours say, <laughs> rumours no, say. this is guaranteed information. <laughs> Factual. <laughs> Rumour has it that there's talks of a certain Liam Gallagher stepping up. I think it's fucking bollocks. Fronting Kasabian. I think it's now, fucking the bollocks. chances of this being bollocks are incredibly high mate incredibly it's gotta high. be bollocks but surely we felt as if it was worth worth bringing up anyway more as a as a hypothetical really in terms of where you you think that would go you know who would people be happy with that would you want to see that i don't i, I can't don't, decide see i don't i don't think i'd want to see that liam gallagher is on his own enough for mm. the industry we don't need any more liam gallagher really <laughs> like there's two you know it's like I, I think of it like drinking. Like you can have a certain amount. Mm-hmm. If you go too far, it's a problem. You got a limb. You've got a problem. You, know I mean? you, you have an issue. You yeah. know what I mean? You can drink twice a week, three times a week, and get binged up. But if you start doing it even more, it becomes an issue. So yeah. I, I, I also just don't think he'd suit their songs. I don't think he's, yeah. he's like. I want to say whiny, but that classic yeah. Liam Gallagher Mancunian accent and whininess to it will not go on top of Shoot the Runner. No. It won't go on top of Clubfoot. Mm. I don't think it... I don't, really can't see it working. I just... There's... Half of me completely agrees. And I do think it's... It's almost disrespectful, I think, to to Tom and to, to the band to sort of just bring in someone like Liam Gallagher and be like, he can just sing it. And, like, he can't. Like, he can't... As you say, he can't just do no. that. And it wouldn't be anywhere near the same. However, part of me does want to see it. Wants to see it. So even just a one-off gig, yeah. even if it was a one-off, I think it's a let's one-off say gig. they rescheduled this gig that they had booked in this summer for next summer, and they were like, "We want to get it done." Liam Gallagher's going to sing it. I mean, see, you say this, but I see Serge as too much of a Noel Gallagher vibe. Mm. He's too much of a Noel Gallagher's person. He's too talented on the thing on the sticks, like he's too good at what he does when it comes to production of music and mm. performance of music so to be able to bring in someone like liam gallagher someone who's got such a loud persona i think he's just another recreation of yeah. how oasis ended and i think yeah. it'd just be i think serge has obviously had a shitload of stuff going on in his life yeah. now with this thing going on with tom like i just think the way that the way that liam gallagher holds himself i just will think it clash way too much yeah. i think you could do like a Kasabian cross Liam Gallagher. Liam Gallagher, like yeah. Kasabian ex Liam Gallagher. Mm-hmm. I don't think they could be Kasabian. Yeah, I think like, that's how, how they'd have to do it. Yeah, like Liam Gallagher's not gonna do a two-hour set of Kasabian songs. He will want to sing his own stuff. So then you've got that issue of you know, you can only imagine that you can picture that discussion going down between Serge and Liam and Liam being like, right, we'll do. 20 Liam Gallagher songs, five Oasis, and then we'll just bang Clubfoot on the end. Yeah, <laughs> And then yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. right, we're doing 29 Kasabian songs. <laughs> and if you want to 
whack rock and roll star in at some point, then go on then. And then trying to find a middle ground of There's a weird middle how ground. on earth they'd do it. Yeah. As you say, if anything, it would be a collab, I think, style yeah. system of doing it. And I do think it would be one of those things that, like, when you look back on it, in like indie music history, it'd be like one of the biggest things massive. ever. It'd happen. be massive. And I know you can see Liam if if you went to him, were like, a will pay you an awful lot of money, and B like this will be legendary. Yeah, this will yeah, be yeah. something that people are going to be talking about for a very long time. Mm. Of Liam Gallagher stepping in to sort of do to front Kasabian in yeah. that big final send off show. I mean, it would be fucking wild. Would he turn that down? I don't know. I think yeah. it, it, is it is definitely massive. an interesting concept, and it's. It's so unheard of that um, you sort of can't picture it. But yeah, I think I think Liam Gallagher. Like, if I don't know whether he's caught wind of the rumors, where these rumors have stemmed. Where did you find this room? Where did you see it? It was on Twitter. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Factual knowledge that. Yeah, I mean, no, no. obviously, you know, nothing concrete or guaranteed. Well, well Liam Gallagher is very much on Twitter all the fucking time. I wouldn't be surprised Surely. if an agent that. that Spread yeah. it just to get a couple of followers back on his yeah. account or something. I don't know. I think Obviously I think he, it's slim, but yeah, he must have caught wind of it. As Sunday school. If I was him, I definitely would have done like an Instagram like uh, live lockdown session or like a yeah. a session of him like in in like he's probably got a studio in his house, like in his living so. room or yeah. whatever, singing Clubfoot or yeah. I'm in love with a psycho or something like that. Like one of their big tracks, just literally picking probably their biggest, most played track. Yeah and singing it out and just giving it a bit of almost like a tease to the audience yeah a tease would be funny it would be funny it would be jokes and I think it'd be good it'd be interesting to hear how his actions and how his yeah. persona comes across on that music it would be interesting but I think it's all fucking bollocks oh I mean there's a 100% chance of it being no there's not but uh, <laughs> it still would be yeah I'd love to as you say I'd love to just see him give it a go mm. and see if his sort of musical talent carries across mm. i think it would put if he could come out and do it it would almost put to bed that like he's a bit of a he's got a good voice on him but that's it yeah yeah if he could sort of find figure out a way to like change his persona change his style and relearn a different type of music and then sing it well yeah you'd almost turn around and be like you know that would be bloody impressive it would it would i don't uh, i don't he know. won't I, you know he won't but no he won't he won't surely not he can't liam gallagher now can't go into a position where he's in a band again I can't see that's no. not his name. No. I can't see him being in another band again. He's, I don't know whether he. I wouldn't say he's getting too old, but I think he's getting to a point now. His persona and his act that he gives to the public is just too much yeah. to be put back in that uh, put back in that box that he was like in Oasis to some extent, like mm. he was in a box. And I think that's why he rebelled a bit for him. But what do you think they're going to do now then? What do you think is the best? If Serge is sat there with the rest of the band members, what do you think their best line of path is? Like, Is it, is so it to get another lead replacement? It's so difficult. And I think, again, we use Oasis as a lot, but it's because they did so much. But they're a prime example of what happened is that, you know, Noel left and Liam set BDI up like the next week. Like literally a week later, he was like, my new band's called BDI. They kept... Funny enough, they actually took the bass guitar from Kasabian for BDI. Yeah. As a um, funny little insight to that. But um, yeah, he just formed it and he was like, that's it, we crack on. He wrote, you know, they wrote some music and they toured like, I think it's got less than like six months after we split up BDI touring. Like, yeah. Like, out, out, bang. But that, I think, hindered BDI. I mean, they're an underrated band, but everyone was just like, this isn't Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they'd have that issue. If he just suddenly goes, right, new front man, new band, like now, people are going to be like, 
it's isn't good, as good maybe. as Kasabian. But like, it's never going to be, is it? Yeah. And even if it is, no one's going to appreciate it in a different sense because you're just going to have Kasabian fanboys being like, where's Kasabian? I think, but as we've just discussed, you can't get another front man in and just restart Kasabian. Yeah, well... Really. He's such an <sighs> essential part of it, Tom, that... It was, he was, he was. But I think at the same time, like, if you were going to restart, if you're going to restart Kasabian in that sense and, like, bring it through, you're going to need to have some proper front man. Mm. If you were going to give one suggestion or two, as many as you got, mm-hmm. for Kasabian, if you're going to be messaging Serge, being like, right, mate, I've heard a load of shit going on. I see what's happened in the news. Mm. I think you could do with this bloke here. Who would it be? You see, this is difficult, and I think I've I've thought about it in the sense of who I'd like to see give it a go, whose style I'd like to, because there's no one that you can compare it directly to and be like, this person's going to fill in and do the same job. So, but I thought I'd love to see Pete, Do- Pete Doherty give it mm, a go. I like that because it is a very different. Libertine's a very different style, and yet weirdly similar in the way that Pete Doherty has a lot of range to his voice mm. and. Like as I was listening to Kasabian this morning, like their big songs are quite different to a lot of their album songs. Yeah. And I do think Pete Doherty would suit the album songs more, a little bit more chilled out, can add a little bit of his own style onto them. You know, a song like Happiness, Pete Doherty could smash out. Whether he could carry to a more sort of electro, jumped-up indie song like Fire and Clubfoot and that almost passion, mm. Libertines don't really do that sort of vibe but i think he could pull it off yeah and i think that's why i'd absolutely love to see him do it and in terms of frontman vibes he's really got it but he's also always been a little bit more like um not as like power hungry as someone like liam gallagher is and i think he'd understand surge and who he is and his sort of capabilities in a way that a lot of other front men might not. So yeah, that would be my pick. I'd like to see. I think I think he'd he'd be interesting because obviously his range of voice is incredible. But mm. I also think that you'd find that he's still too much of a sniffer. Mm. Like there's so many stories of yeah. seeing because I really wanted to see. I really wanted to see Libertines live. I did mm. really want to see them, but I don't know whether for me it was one of them ones where. I kind of thought, am I going to pay 40, 50 quid? Because they played the O2 Academy in Leeds. And I thought, am I going to pay 40, 50 quid? We to... looked in Manchester, there was 70 quid, do you remember? Last well, yeah. Year. Yeah, like we were going to go say, I think yeah. Leeds, Leeds was, I think, 40, 50. Yeah. Manchester, Manchester was 70, because yeah. I think it was a bigger stadium. But I was like, actually, am I going to pay that to go see him stumble on the stage? Like, I, I don't know much of him now. I don't know whether he's clean, but... He's better. Much he? better than he was. I know yeah. that. I don't know how... Because I heard, he said, like, people were saying that live, they they don't hold up to much, especially yeah. a few years ago, because they're literally just too pissed to remember the words. But uh, I don't, I think he, I mean, I've seen recent interviews and he looks much more well than he used to. But oh, really? I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, how they carry now. But no, I know what you're saying. I just I don't know whether I'd trust him on the stage like mm-hmm. that again. Because obviously with the Libertines, they were massive. They were big. And they got to a point where... I think Pete Connor got a bit too much for him, I yeah. guess, to some extent, and probably some of the other lads in the band. Like, he probably got a little bit too much for them, mm. and I think that I think putting him back on that limelight, I don't know whether it'd work as well. Mm. I think I've gone for an interesting gone. one. I've gone from a really interesting one. He's new. He's not incredibly indie, but yet still has that twang to him. And I went for Sam Fender. Mm. I did think about it when I was scrolling past the music earlier, you know. Yeah, Sam okay, Fender, I thought. Just because his tracks like Hypersonic Missiles and things like that have real... Because he's a really talented singer. Mm. And I thought... He, the, I've always thought about 
when Sam Fender released that album, it missed the band vibe. Yeah. It missed his... It, I feel like that's just the one reason that for me it wasn't good enough. I didn't enjoy it enough as I should have um, because it didn't have that band atmosphere. Mm. And I think having a band behind him like Kasabian, I think he'd work really well in it because he's still such a young lad. He's almost like mouldable, I guess. He's not got mm. that arrogance or that um, massive persona yet because he's not played the big stadiums just yet. He's, mm. you know, he, I know he's meant to be going on tour this side of the year, but obviously coronavirus. Um, he, I just feel like he would really suit in Kasabian, mm. or he was that he was always that sort of vibe. I always kind of like said that he was similar to some extent, yeah, because yeah. it did have that that passionate singing, but also had a bit of a indie rocky vibe to it. Yeah, it's that cross, it's that nice cross between pop and indie rock. Where like Kasabian, I think met perfectly in that yeah. middle. I think that's it's why it's such a hard question to answer with Kasabian is because the range of their songs is so different. Like, so different. Some songs I can picture him singing really well. Yeah. I imagine him trying to do like shoot the runner, and I just can't. He's not harsh just, enough. He's I not guess. harsh enough. He's not quite got that like growl to him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. I can hear that. As you say, I think even like through his songs, he does show a big range, and he almost slows it down and does some more like talking type vibes in his songs and then it'll hit like the massive high long notes like Sam Fender does have a big range but like I literally just picked that shoot the runner and I'm like can he like give, can he that, give that sort of give that sort of like oomph to the singing yeah but he said that's why it's so hard because you don't know because it's not necessarily the, his style yeah he's not going to do it whereas if you sort of whack him at the front of Kasabian and say give it a go you could see it. You, you could, could see, see it coming, coming off. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think it's an interesting one. Because did you say you had any more? I've got. I've also. I noted down Richard Ashcroft from The Verve. Okay. Um, because he's another one that I think is. I mean, he uh, to me he carried that band in a way that like such good vocals, and I, I'd worry because I know he's a songwriter, and then again that like surge relationship and. I'm not sure, but in terms of the vocals, I honestly don't think there's much better than Richard Ashcroft. And if you imagine that bittersweet symphony sort of voice, he can yeah. that can carry to Kasabian so well. And I, to me, they're similar vibes in, in band. That sort of, I don't know, quite slow songs, quite sort of emotional songs. And then suddenly they have that like growl and power about them as well. And I think he's got, he's proven that range. So I think that would be a really interesting one to drop in. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree. I do think he's he's probably another good one for the mm. mix. But are they? Is it best for Kasabian to go for a bat, for an artist that is as big as yeah. people like that that have come from big bands? Like, do do we need to look smaller? Do we need to mm. look for like the the smaller artists that are up and coming? Go on, you've got one, haven't you? No, I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, the lead singer of Inhaler could be yeah. a shout. He's got an incredible voice. Mm. I can't remember the young lad's name, but. Uh, Elijah is it? Elijah? Yeah, Elijah. It's Bono's son. Yeah. I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> Bono's yeah. son. This is new information to us. Yeah, I literally heard it on Radio One, and I was like, "Fuck off!" Mm-hmm. I yeah. literally run a podcast on indie music. Yeah. I didn't know he really was Bono's son. <laughs> really should know that. Not bad, isn't it? But like, I thought like he's got an incredible voice on him, and he's got a good pe- good set of pipes on him. Like, I think it could really, mm. really kind of take that role. But and then he'd be almost like new to the game. And I think he'd be like moldable, he'd be um, malleable and able to fit into that hole that 
Tom left. Mm. But then again, I don't think I really don't think that's the best way to go for it. No, I really don't think the best way. I when now Serge is kind of left on his ones in this in this band. I guess like he's in a position where it's him and the others, <laughs> the ones that have kind of been swapped in and out yeah, as yeah. the band's gone on through the years. I really do think Serge needs to go on the same vibe as Noel Gallagher mm. and go on his own journey now, away from Surge's it all. Serge's high flying birds. Serge <laughs> <laughs> and his seagulls. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, email him now. Serge <laughs> and his seagulls, I'm telling you. Yeah. But like genuinely, I do think he could really now spread his wings a bit because mm. he's not he's not old. No. He's, like I don't I don't know how old he is, but he, he can't be. You know, he can't be an old bloke now, but I think he's in a position where now he can go through what he wanted to do that maybe Tom was holding him back from, maybe. Like, I don't, I don't know, obviously, too much about the dynamic of the band because no. they were seen as a, a unit, really. Yeah. But that, I do, I'd like to see Serge now maybe go and produce his own things and go in yeah. a position where he is now got the reins. He's got the reins of what he wants to do. He can bring in different guitarists. He can maybe... You know, have someone playing the scissors or whatever it was, like yeah. the peeler, yeah. like Noel did. But, like yeah. you can, you can really experiment now. And he's, you know, he's made his money, and he doesn't even need to play in another big band. I think it's probably mm. time to now put Kasabian to bed. I'd absolutely love to see that. To be fair, yeah. I really would. And as you say, I don't, I don't know what their dynamic was like. You don't hear stories of them sort no. of arguing and clashing over. Um, Tom being the front man and Serge being, but I know that Serge is still a big face for the band. Mm. But for him to really go for it and be the face of a band, yeah, or, or just him or whatever he wants to do, would be would be really interesting. So from what I've read, you know, he's a really talented bloke, mm. and that producing side of it and songwriting coming up with it, he's really good at. And I wonder, maybe it's just his vocals don't quite scratch up to being a frontman. It's the reason why maybe not. Yeah, he's been ha- happy to take that like side seat on the vocals to Tom and sort of focus on the lead guitar element, but. Whether he could give it a go and carry it, I'd love to see it. Yeah, really would do because I think he'd sell tickets because obviously mm. he's a he is a household name to some extent. Like yeah, people who yeah. like the music, like know who he is, and he, you know, he's got that he's got that face of a band. He yeah. is a he is a face of a band. It's a he's recognizable very, bloke. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. He's very unique. That haircut that kind of you know does him lo- like a world of gender, like world of genders. <laughs> does a world of genders. A world of genders. I'll stay in it. A world of good, yeah, that's not getting cut, I can tell. <laughs> the world of good, he does. Yeah, yeah, it does, it really does do in the world of good, like it, because it really does set him apart from everyone else. It's so unique, it's such a unique look that he's got and I do think, I, because he is so talented, I'd like to see him kind of track his steps yeah. a little piece and get a bit going for himself. Yeah, I would love to see it as well, but overall message is that we're sad that there's, they're split up basically. Absolutely. I can't it. Absolutely. I would have loved to I didn't get a chance to see him live no. anywhere. I know they played lots of headlining gigs and stuff, but I really haven't had a chance to see him live and it was one of them bands that now a bit gutted, but fair play to him for a mutually yeah. agree, mutually consenting for him to leave like it's a I think that's the way they gotta go with it. You can't yeah. don't shit like that. No. Just no. bang out of order. So fair play to the boy. Fair play to the boy. hundred percent. But bands talking of bands. Obviously, very vague, <laughs> as we do on this Good podcast. Segue. I want to talk about a band that messaged us a few weeks ago that we've now brought into the podcast. Um, it's my single of the week, and it's by a group called Bud the Band. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tommy from the band messaged us um, after seeing our, a promoted post of ours uh, and asking for us to listen to this track that they've just mm-hmm. released. It was about a, month, about a month ago when they released it, a month and a half ago now. Um, and it's called Corduroy. 
and it's only a demo and it's the only track that they've released mm. and it's f- outrageous like we've got loads of tracks coming through and some of them are incredible some of them like don't quite make the cut we've got a lot coming through but look this this song really for me stood out it stuck got out quick didn't it so quickly mm. it's so unique it's so it's got that right vibe to it and it really fucking nails what I really enjoy as a track it's you know you can sing along to it you can still have it in the background you can have a bit of everything with it it mm. really is a good track yeah no definitely I think as soon as as you say we do get sent a fair few tracks now and a lot you do listen to and then you've you know you restart it and you keep going with it and you think yeah it's good but you know what's it missing and you think about it and this was one where a minute in you sort of sit up and go oh hold on I don't yeah. need to listen to this again this is this is good really you know, and that, good. it's it's the chorus it's like when it he started singing and you know the opening riffs were good and i was like okay and then started singing i was like yeah yeah and then that chorus hits and it's really catchy so catchy. like it's been in my head for like four weeks and i remember like we've been talking i'll be like <laughs> just like dressed in <laughs> oh, it's so it's so, i tell you the thing that really i, I liked about it, it reminded me very much of uh a bit uh, Panic at the Disco E, mm. a bit like really good lead singer that can really stretch his vocals. Mm. And yes, it's got a bit of harshness to it and it's got a, that rough element to yeah. it, which I think for me makes it more of a an indie track, I think, yeah. is what really does pick it away it from that American punk. Yeah. yeah, and as a demo as well, that's what, I, that's what really baffled me because they do only have this one song mm. and I'm really excited to see what else they bring out yeah. if it's anything similar to that. And from this one track, they've got a massive amount of like talent and mm. potential, especially wow. going forward because they just, that it is, it is incredible. The name's unique, the track's fucking unique and it has this real good look. It does have a good look. I yeah, really, I really like the album cover of it as well, to be fair. It's another mm. thing where they sent it in and instantly I was like, oh, it already looks quite cool for some reason. You can't put your finger on those things, but sometimes you just see it and you're like, looks good. And then you listen to it and you're like, oh, it sounds really good. And yeah. say they've got 3,000 streams on that demo, which from what I've seen is absolutely outrageous numbers for a demo. Cause oh, God, yeah. dropped out of nowhere. You know, they've got not a lot of Instagram followers. There's no following, but when it's a good song it's a good song and as you say if they can drop a demo with very little social media push and get 3,000 streams in the space of a month then mm. when they can actually sit down and record some proper you know EP style songs and give it a good push and sky's the limit for a band like that really God, yeah. Yeah. it's such a promising start for them yeah absolutely I'd like to see a little bit more from them as in a sense of like um, if you get a bit of like that IGTV going like we were saying mm. about last week with Garden and they're doing a lot of these yeah. lockdown sessions and you know, whether they're covering bands or whether they're, you know, talking about themselves and how mm. they became a band because there's so little on them mm. because they're so new. I'd love to see more about that. Yeah. And, you know, said Tommy, the lad that messed us, seemed really nice, seemed like a really decent band. So, you know, we'd love to hear more from them. And as soon as they can get some, some more demos, some more songs out, we'll definitely be listening. So. 100%. 100%. Mm. What's your track of the week, boy? I've got an interesting track of the week, to be fair. Um, we've got slight early access to it. Uh, sorry, thank you um, so it comes out on to be fair we'll be out by the time this goes out yeah. um, and that's it's Infamous by Reclaim Vienna yes. the newest track from them um, they're a band that I've been listening to for a little while yeah actually, Reclaim Vienna is incredible they are they're brilliant they really are I've, they actually came on when I was at a Man City game at half time and I was like sounds pretty good and then did a little Shazam of it and then um, found out and then it kicked the butterfly they played oh yeah and i was like yeah that really good song and then they were picked up by 42's records 
and I was like, that's interesting, like, following, and since then, they've released, like, they released, like, Paris, Modern Time, they've released, like, four songs, yeah. and they're getting better and better and better and better, but they're, like, they've got a real 80s synth vibe about them. Absolutely. Uh, but they've, like, added almost, like, an indie layer on top, so it's mm. more, like, indie songwriting, slightly, like, indie vocals, but really synthy 80s vibes, like, dance music, almost, yeah. in the background. Um, and I think they're very much like Slow Readers Club if you've listened to them and from Manchester they're very like them um, and a bit like people compare to like Joy Division but well, it's a bit more dancey than that like it's, it's a bit um, Joy Division Bowie when he went through that period of time after mm. um, after Starman and that after that he went through that almost dancey 80s yeah. sort of synthy sort of style it's very much that sort of level isn't it yeah 100% and they Kit the Butterfly was a really, really good tune. And then they sort of kept going with similar vibes. I think Paris was quite a similar song, and I was like, it's really good. And then they did an acoustic version of Kit the Butterfly, and that was really, really good. And I quite liked that because you can tell it's a good song because they've got so much going on mm. that you like, I really like it. But they strip, when it's stripped right back and it's just him singing it over guitar, it still sounds good. Yeah. I think that shows like the basis of a good sort of start for the band because it's like that is a good song it's not like you've sort of covered up an average song with loads of synth and loads of stuff going on but they've just built like a lot of different elements on top of a really strong core yeah and i think you can tell from this new one um that they've had a lot of help in the production from like 42's records and all this and it's so polished now that it feels less like a load of elements whacked on top and more just like an actual real production yeah of, real tune oh it just it sounds so good and i was i was saying that they um if you listen, I listened to it on my phone and I was like, decent when I could first, but then got it on a big speaker and it's like, yeah, a bit this of is amazing actually. Yeah. Like it needs to be played really loud on a good quality speaker because you hear all the different elements that they've got going different on. Different layers. Different yeah. layers, different things going on. You're like, this is, it sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, and I do think that this new Infamous song is probably their best track yet. Oh really? Yeah, I think it's just really pulled together what they a lot of the previous songs have sort of shown different things and this has pulled a lot of them together. Mm. Um, like the chorus is catchy. It's got sort of good vocals, but then they've got so much going on in the verses that you so could like listen on. to it over and over again. And you sort of discovering more and more like new things. Um, the drums in it is one thing that I picked out that wasn't as heavy in other songs that are quite heavy in this one. Mm. Um, and I think it sounds really good. It? I quite like that direction. It's, I think it brings that more sort of guitar band feel. Yeah less synth it's still got the same amount of synth but it just sort of toned up the like guitars and drums and stuff a bit more so it like layers that band a little, a bit, little better. bit better over yeah, yeah, it yeah. so that combination sticks out more yeah i think um, i really like that yeah we're all t- you're automatically listening for when there's guitars and a synth in you're already trying to find the guitars mm. underneath the synth and mm. they need to have that finding that layers which they have in this new song has really been quite impressive to see them developing from being a very synth heavy yeah. overpowering synth to some extent mm-hmm. like obviously not in a bad way but still very synth yeah. heavy to now being very well layered only sheerly because of this toning up of the drums toning up of the mm-hmm. guitars I do. I think it's a very impressive track, and I do think as a band they are great. What's their following like? So I haven't looked into it's them decent, as a band. To be fair, they've got like I think they get a couple, they've got like over five thousand streams on most of their songs. I think yeah, um, and they get like a couple of thousand monthly listeners. So they they're really growing. And from when I like when I first heard them, they only had Kit the Butterfly out, and okay. it was like they were very small. And now I say once they're on Forty Two's records, that really does push you because if you're on Forty Two's records at the moment, there. 
they tend to only pick up some really talented bands. Yeah. So I think that that has pushed them right up. And I think honestly, when this track comes out, it will get a lot. It feels much more like a radio song. Yeah, yeah. Than the previous ones. The previous ones did feel a little bit. I really enjoyed them, but they were that little bit different. And this one is like it is it is different and it is unique. But they've done it in such a way that feels sort of like quite familiar and quite like people on the radio will like it. Yeah. And people will listen to it more generally than the previous ones. Um, so I, they will definitely gain a following after this new single comes out. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. They're a band that deserve it. I think because they yeah. are that they are a little bit different to the everyday like yeah. normal indie bands or something. They've tried something about. different, and like that's it's ballsy to do because when you're starting a band, I imagine it's really easy to be like, right, we're just gonna you know write sort of a catchy chorus, little bit of guitars, and we'll just go for it. But they were like, we're gonna have like five or six of us. We're gonna lay a synth on top of drums, on top of guitar, and do like these sort of effects on the voices and I think like to do that as an indie band starting from nothing is ballsy massive and it's taken them to do that to go for it produce some really really good tracks and now hit a point with this one where they've I I think they realize they found their sound and yeah, now yeah they can yeah. just come out and I really hope the reception is really good for them on this because when it does they can just go right that's it mm. now we can go for it now we can produce tracks of this quality over and over again and you know, debut album comes after that. So fucking fingers crossed. I'd like good. to see a debut album from them soon. I'd love it. Really would do. They're really. a top band. What is, have you got a band for us this week? Oh. Yeah, my band this week are a band that's another very small act. Um, they've only got three tracks. Uh, it's called Full Color. They're they have three tracks only: Miles Part, Butterfly Brain, and Times Change. Uh, the Butterfly Brain is one that we've got on the playlist in the minute, which yep. is an incredible, catchy. Oh, so sick and we've been we were looking through them a little bit more and they've you know they've they've gathered a bit of a following so far only mm. from releasing three tracks they've got 10,000 monthly spotify listens which is wild to start yeah, with so many so sick but having having looked through them a little bit more now and listening through their tracks again and again the lead singer is incredibly talented oh incredibly it's it's unreal how it's unreal how well he how well he performs for someone who they look really fucking young yeah. from the video we're not sure how old they are but we're guessing they look really young yeah we literally so we just watched the um like literally before recording this we were watching the times of change video mm-hmm. uh, that times change video which is an incredibly well performed video an incredible uh like actual effects on the video yeah, is unreal. Yeah, I don't know whether they did it themselves, whether they paid people to promote it, uh, to produce it for them, but it is incredibly done. But that, the way that he sings and the way he performs in that times change is very different in Butterfly Brain and in Miles Apart. Yeah. It is mm. such a such a difference, such a big range between the three tracks mm. already for that lead singer, and it is something that you can really see almost taking up a little bit more because he can do so much with his yeah. fucking voice, like. So much that miles apart, which was the first track they released end of last back end of last year, we were listening to it and I, and it took us a minute because we were looking at where they were from. They're a band from Halifax, mm. and you know we were listening and I was like, shit, why does he sound so familiar? It, when he's when he's doing them riffs and he's doing that, uh, he's like doing a bit of wobble on his voice. He is fucking so similar to Morrissey. Yeah, so right, similar. Unreal. We couldn't believe it. when you clock. We were like, as you say, it sounds a bit familiar. And then he said a certain word and held it for a certain amount of time with a little wobble. And you were like, Mate, that's Morris. I was, I was like, like, oh, it is. It sounds just such Smith's vibes coming from that song. It absolutely. But then, but then yet when it got into the chorus, it gave a little bit of a Green Day, mm. Panic at the Disco, American punky yeah. sort of steeze about it. When you, when you listen to it, almost like I, I wrote down 2003 American rock like that mm. sort of 
real powerful, lots of guitar in the chorus. Mm. And it has that stance as well. I really think he's... The way that he went from Morrissey mm-hmm. to fucking Green Day. Green Day, punk in, singing. Like, you know, in yeah. seconds. In seconds, mm. that split was so diverse. It's, mm. it, it's incredible, man. I can't... They're speechless is how I am for yeah. them because it, literally for three songs their development through the three songs has been all over the shop but also you can see they're finding this voice this butterfly brain is I think yeah. you know uh, when you look at the streams Miles Apart has really picked up on the it's stream numbers loads. but Butterfly Brain for me I think is my favourite track from yeah. them out of the three definitely and I think I'm glad that we delved into them a bit more because that Butterfly Brain track was so good. And then now I listen to the other two and you're like, these could be, they're definitely as good, maybe even better. But mm. Butterfly Brain's the newest one, but it's it does seem, it's just such a good song. It's so catchy. So and they're catchy. one of those that even now, like, you want to go and put those songs on again and mm. like listen to them again and be like, okay, like, let's really get to know them and like listen to the range in voice and listen to the lyrics and, you know, really get into it because... The, as you say, the style of singing was sort of striking, really. We were like, well, I haven't heard something like that from... And we listened to a lot of bands, but I haven't really heard a band that small sort of show such a range of like style of song and range so of early. singing. And so early. As you say, even in that video, you're watching it and you're like, if this is like a top-notch production company video, you'd be impressed. You know, it was like really clever camera angles and lighting effects. And mm. they're literally singing these songs in their front room and bedroom. Yeah. But... You know, and that bit when it went outside and then the light down, I loved that. And, you know, it was so creative. And you're like, that is just, you can see creative brains going on there. Oh, God, yeah. creating something really, really good. So. God, yeah. Again, it's another band I'd like to see a lot more from because they are three songs deep. Mm. You know, I don't know whether they've got a, I don't know whether they've got a release, like almost like a release lineup coming up for mm. the rest of the year, but they fucking should do if they ain't. Because mm. they've got such a potential for really developing that sound and kind of honing in on what can make it great because mm. basing yourself around that voice and already having some really talented um, like uh, musicians behind you already is almost like the real ground level of a really good band that mm. could be coming. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, I've got my band for Go the on. week if you want to. It is... Nope, n- not this time. No, <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Uh, it is Narrow Margin. Yes. Manchester band. Class band. Which have 3,000 monthly listeners now. There actually are another 42's Records band, which I didn't realise. So I'm not meaning to just pick up their <laughs> bands because that make, makes yeah. this really, really pointless. You might as well just go see what bands they have and then skip us. But Literally. didn't mean to. But they are another 42's Records band. And they're another band that only actually have three songs, which again, you can't believe when you listen to the quality of the songs they have. Um, so they've got Kids Don't Dance, Oxford Street, and then a newer one called Hey Mr. Shareholder. Oxford Street is fucking He's so wild. good. And that's their first song, Oxford Street. Really? And to debut with... A, like, I, that's when I heard them again when they only had that song. Mm. And I saw people straight away on Twitter were like, this song is really good and yeah. no one's ever heard of this band. And then that Kids Don't Dance song I heard in 42s. They actually played in 42s when, oh, when I was there. And was like recognised this and I went back and I was like it's that narrow margin band that did the Oxford Street song then followed it and their newer one that Hamish Shareholder is really good as well and it's mm. not kept up in the streams I don't think it's quite as mainstream as the other two yeah, the other yeah. two are so catchy like so catchy. really catchy proper like sort of jump around like pop rock songs that yeah. are like you can you'll be singing the chorus all day when you put them on um, but this one is a, the newer one is a little bit more uh, it's just got a little bit more about it but the yeah. lyrics are really clever 
And actually, when you go back and listen to the other two songs, they're they're really clever in all of them. And yeah. you almost get like distracted by the sound, the big chorus and the yeah, guitars yeah, yeah. and the sort of jumping around, and it's like really upbeat. And then when you actually just sit and listen to it for a minute, the the vocals and the lyrics on it are just as good. Yeah, they that, really are. That Oxford Street track, I didn't realise they're a Manchester band actually, because mm. I was listening to that Oxford Street track. Obviously, it's you know, I to be honest, I thought it was based around London. Mm. Um, I don't know whether the tune is or not. From what it sounded like, I thought it might have been, but. The, the track's about a um, obviously coming back from a night out after staying somewhere, and it seems a bit. It does. It almost like resonates with that nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old. Like we've all been there. We've all been there coming back from somewhere mm. way too early in the morning, all hungover, feeling fucking ropes. And I just kind of I listened to it and was like, shit, because you sent it to me for. Um, we were gonna do. We were gonna put it on for a track for the weekend. Track the weekend, yeah. And it was between that one and Fading Blonde. Yeah. And I picked fading blonde i thought it suited the weekend a little bit yeah. more than oxford street i thought like oxford street was like a almost like a sunday morning vibe yeah. like it to make you feel a little bit less shit for where you ended up the night mm. before and i think like that track i listened to it a couple of times i think the first time i listened through i was like this is good but mm. you know it's not it's not quite what that faded blonde track yeah, was yeah. but then i listened to it again now it's in the playlist yeah. and i was like shit I kind of overlooked. Really I overlooked yeah. this a little bit to begin with. I did overlook mm-hmm. it a little bit, bit to begin with, and I've listened to it through because I do listen to the playlist like all the time, mm-hmm. um, just on repeat, pretty much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I just kind of like lit, sit it on, stick it on shuffle. But that that track is mega. Yeah, and as as I say, you will listen to it and you think it's a catchy track, like it, decent. And then it is there is more layers to it. There is they say the lyrics actually do start. You know, hold on, this is quite quite interesting little story they're telling, and it's yeah. quite. Quite interesting lyrics, and you know, the vocals are really good on it as well. And then you sort of hear the drums and the guitar, and you're like, "This is actually just such a well-produced, good track Big for a band to just drop as like the first thing they've ever done." Oh, massive! Like, oh. <laughs> and then Kids Don't Dance is arguably, you know, the same if not better. And yeah. I think you know, listen to both those songs, and you'll be just excited as we are. And uh, as you say, hopefully, like all the bands, we hope to hear a lot more from them soon. Absolutely, and uh, you know, we, our list is going to be fucking huge. We might have to do the scratch record on tour. Yeah. Make it like a vlog series, get a fucking camper van or something. You might have to see all these bands. Just see everyone. I think that actually could be a shout. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, getting a camper van going, getting a camper van going and going and seeing these bands. I tell you what, if any of you lot want to come see, if any of you lot that are listening are part of these bands and you fancy sorting us out some tickets, yeah. we will be there. We will find some content there yeah. and we will make a weekend of it and we'll do a thing any yeah. anytime because we just love this this industry and also the live music. Yeah. As soon as that gets back up and running, mate, fuck, I'll never be home. We'll be there. Whether you get us there or not, we'll be there. So you might as well help us out and get us there. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Otherwise, we're funding a lot of gig tickets. So, <laughs> so much money. But, so yeah. much money. But yeah, no, it's, that's fucking sick. Mm. Yeah, there I think that's I think that's game for this week. About wrapped up. Absolutely. Lovely. If you're only first finding us, give us a like on Instagram, give us a follow on Instagram. Let us know how you found us because we're intrigued of how new people are finding us and how they're coming mm-hmm. through and getting onto the scene with us. Um, but also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we're actually pushing for the new and noteworthy mm-hmm. playlists and stuff on their main page. So if you're on there, Give us a rating, give us uh subscribe to us and all that jazz. I think we'll be we're definitely getting some ratings through on it now. We're yeah. pulling through on it and it's good to see people getting involved as much as they are. Yeah. So and leave the review. We really do want to hear what you think, you know. Any, yeah, genuinely. Any comments on what we've spoken about or, you know, how it sounds or anything is greatly appreciated and get involved on Twitter and Instagram and that. We reply to every DM. If you send us a song, we'll listen to it. Send us a comment, we'll reply to it. So 
get involved with us and we'll absolutely yeah. right well we'll see you along the other side boys cheers peace